Welcome to the WellFed Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Gordon. I'm a certified health and nutrition coach with an online private practice on a mission to help women just like you eat well and love their bodies. In this podcast, I'm creating a space where we can chat candidly about what it looks like to be well-fed, not just nutritionally, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode three of the Well-Fed Podcast. Today we're chatting about our relationship with food, signs that the relationship may be toxic, and how to handle it if it is. Listen, there's a lot to unpack here, and I don't want to overwhelm you or scare you, but it's really imperative that we all understand this. Education is your biggest asset, really in everything, but especially when it comes to your health. I throw around this term quite a bit, relationship with food. In fact, it's one of the first questions I ask every client. I tell them, describe to me your relationship with food. I'll be honest, it takes some people completely off guard. I mean, have you ever thought about this question? Probably not, but it's actually extremely important to consider because the answer can be very revealing. When answering this question, consider these things. Do you eat dessert totally guilt-free? Do you count or track calories or macros? Do you stress eat or do you eat out of boredom? Do you cope with your emotions using food? Do you eat balanced meals regularly? Do you know how to fuel your body well? Do you desire control over food? Do you eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full? You know, when I think about a healthy or normal relationship with food, and by that I mean a perspective that isn't tainted by diets and societal rules, then I think back to my college friend group. During that time of my life, I was dealing with my own body image demons, and I remember so clearly, y'all, just how much I envied my college friends. It seemed like they were so content. They ate when they were hungry. They left food on the plate if they were full. They didn't turn down a cookout milkshake at midnight if they wanted one. They got excited about peanut butter dip at a tailgate, and they all seemingly had no guilt about it. I just felt like they ate normally, and that was that. And I just couldn't understand how they did, and I also couldn't understand why I didn't. Y'all, it was such a struggle. I can remember certain events and specific moments during those years of college where I felt so weak and so jealous and so frustrated because all I wanted was to be able to eat normally. That's what I would think in my head. I just wish I could be like them. I just wish I could eat normally. You know, I talked in the very first episode of this podcast about how hindsight is always twenty twenty. If you haven't heard it, I highly recommend pressing pause and going back to take a listen. But that same concept applies here. Looking back, it wasn't a matter of my friends eating normally. Normal is a very subjective term, and each of our bodies require different things from a nutritional standpoint. No, it was a matter of their relationship with food, okay? That part is key. It's not earth-shattering news that we live in a society hyper-fixated on diet culture, thinness, food rules, trendy food fads, and monitoring what we and others eat. Honestly, I have set out for it to be my life's mission to work against this and completely change the societal narrative. It's become a harmful culture, and over time, it's totally morphed our behaviors and perspective around food in a very negative way. 
think about it. You see, we're born with an innate sense of hunger and fullness, right? As babies and toddlers, we eat when we're hungry and we stop when we're full. Unfortunately, as we grow older, we're trained to ignore these cues and abide by rules instead. So we lose the ability to listen to our own bodies. A toxic relationship with food has become an unfortunate norm among so many women. And when I say toxic, I mean a damaging, limiting, and an inaccurate perception of food. In fact, 75% of women in a recent study reported struggling with disordered eating behaviors. Y'all, that is an alarmingly high statistic. 75% of women reported struggling with disordered eating behaviors. So to clarify that a little bit more, when I'm talking about disordered eating behaviors, it's important to know that this indicates a range of irregular eating behaviors that could potentially, but not always, warrant an eating disorder diagnosis at some point, okay? What's tricky about this is that these behaviors have been socially normalized and culturally accepted, which means many women who experience experience disordered eating actually have no idea that they are due to the normalization of these patterns. You know, I've personally experienced a very rocky relationship with food. You honestly could call it unstable and poisonous. And I know the pain, frustration, guilt, and overwhelm that comes with that. Again, I talk more about it in episode one. So if you haven't listened, highly recommend it. Okay. I didn't know my relationship with food needed to be addressed until it got to a very destructive point. And I want to do what I can to prevent that from happening to you or really anybody for that matter. I want to help give you clarification as well as answers. I also want to open up an honest conversation about this. You deserve nothing less than a peaceful relationship with food, but with the society that we live in, that is increasingly hard to do, okay? So to help you out, I'm going to address 15 signs that could indicate you may have a struggling relationship with food, plus how to improve it if you do. But before we jump in, I want to remind you that this isn't a list designed to provide any kind of diagnosis, nor is it sufficient in determining disordered eating in totality, okay? It is simply meant to be a guide and potentially help you as you navigate your relationship with food, all right? If you have any questions at all, that is what I'm here for. I want you to DM me. I want you to message me. I want you to email me with all of your questions because remember, we are in this together. We are all trying to navigate diet culture. We are all trying to navigate our relationship with food. We're all trying to navigate our own health journeys, okay? So why not do that together, all right? So without further ado, let's talk about this. The first thing on our list, number one, you classify foods as good or bad. It goes a little something like this. Salad, good. Cookie, bad. Uh, Grilled chicken, good. Fried chicken, bad. Or that hamburger, I can only have it on my cheat day. Or I have to replace my fries with fruit because fries are bad and fruit is good. We classify foods as good or bad, and we've been trained to think this way, right? We have been taught that we should stay away from bad foods and we should eat more good foods. But here's the issue, okay? Food has no morality. Really, any inanimate object can't 
actually have morality. It's impossible. So when we're thinking about this logistically, it's really just inaccurate, all right? So what we do is we give inanimate things moral value, and then we let those inanimate things with unrealistic moral value determine our own morality. We let them determine if we are going to be quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad, right? If we eat a salad, we're being good that day. If we eat a couple of cookies, we've been bad that day, and we'll start again tomorrow. This way of thinking is all too familiar, and I'm sure those thoughts have flown through your mind in some capacity, all right? But here's what we want to do. We want to accept that food has no morality. It cannot possibly be good or bad, okay? Food is food, and we shouldn't fear it, all right? So instead of classifying it food as good or bad, I want you to think about how that food is serving you, okay? In episode two, we talked about the different purposes of food, how food is not just designed to fuel us nutritionally. Now, that is a very important role that food has. It's actually its primary role, but we have to understand and accept that food serves a lot more purposes than just that one, right? We use food to celebrate. We use food to bring people together. We use food to experience other cultures. There's a lot of different reasons we eat certain foods, okay? So asking yourself, how is it serving me? Whether it's serving you nutritionally or emotionally or mentally or spiritually, just asking that question and answering it is really going to help you navigate that relationship with food, okay? So if we can start viewing food as just food, right? You've got food with differing nutritional benefits, right? Um, And it's important to understand those as well. You've got foods with different emotional benefits, with different spiritual benefits. Again, we've got to look at this from a global perspective, okay? Food cannot possibly be good or bad. So let's not allow the food we eat to determine how we feel about ourselves, okay? Just simply start asking yourself this question, how is food serving me in this moment, okay? Number two, you have quote-unquote cheat days. The concept of cheat days implies the food you are eating on that day is bad and you must earn it. So I'm going to take us back to number one, food has no morality. It cannot morally be good or bad, right? You don't have to earn your food. Your body has to have food to live. It is a basic necessity for every human being on this planet. So we want to give our body what it needs, all right? That can look like a hamburger. It can look like a salad. Again, we don't want to classify food as good or bad, and we don't want to restrict ourselves to only eat certain foods at certain times because what this does is it creates a really tainted perception of that specific food. We feel like we cannot have it any other time except for the time that we've designated it for. It creates a lot of restriction, and it makes you potentially crave that food even more. It could make you feel out of control around that certain food since you don't allow yourself to have it on a regular basis or when you want it. So we really want to debunk this idea of cheat days because it doesn't do you very much good. What we want instead is a lot of balance, okay? We want to welcome all foods into our week on any given day, okay, so that we don't have such a tainted perception around certain foods and we're not 
creating such a toxic relationship with specific foods as we restrict, 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 and then only allow ourselves to have it on a cheat day, okay? We don't have to earn our food. I want you to remember that. It's a basic necessity. So no more cheat days, all right? Number three, you think about food 24-7. A preoccupation with food can mean that you're not getting enough. It could mean you're restricting certain foods like we talked about in number two. Think about how you can adjust your meals to ensure that you're getting an adequate amount of nutrients. I would also advise you to consider how often you're eating throughout the day. Are you going long periods of time without any food at all? Are you restricting certain foods or food groups, which causes you to think about those things perpetually, okay? Number four, feeling guilty after you've eaten something. This is an indicator that you consciously or subconsciously classify foods as good or bad and often restrict the quote-unquote bad. Restrictive behavior can lead to feelings of shame and guilt when that restricted food is consumed. So what I want you to do is challenge your inner food police because we all have one. We all have this little food police in our head that is yelling at us, this food is good and this food is bad. I want you to challenge it and I want you to work towards allowing all foods in your diet, okay? Number five, avoiding certain foods or food groups for non-medical reasons. We've kind of touched on this in numbers one through four, but if you find yourself restricting foods, Ask yourself why. Uncover the reason that we are avoiding that food or we may potentially have fear around that food. Again, non-medical reasons for restriction. For me, it used to be bread, any kind of bread. I would avoid it like the plague. If I ordered a, a sandwich or if I was at a restaurant and something came with bread, I would always say no bread or lettuce bun. I mean, it was crazy. And it was all because I was convinced that bread would make me gain weight, which let's lay that to rest. That is not true. That is very, very false. Okay. But that's just this crazy idea that I had in my head. And so I completely omitted an entire food group because of it. So ask yourself why, why are you restricting that food or food group? Are you scared of something? Are you worried about something? Uh, Just kind of get to the bottom of it. Okay. Number six, using food to cope with emotions. This one's actually very common and these behaviors can actually be traced back to our childhood. Think about it. For a lot of us, our upbringing included food as a reward. When you perform well in a sporting event, let's go celebrate and go out to eat. When you do well in a test, let's go get ice cream. If you finish your homework early, we get dessert. There are a lot of things where we use food as a reward, and that's something that started at a very young age. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have also been taught to use food to cope with negative emotions. So you had a bad day at school, let's go bake cookies. You broke up with your boyfriend, Let's go grab a pint of ice cream. So we're using food to cope with both positive and negative emotions, okay? So on one end, we have using food as a reward. On the other end, we are using food as a coping mechanism where we have unstable 
areas of our lives or we have areas that need attention. What we want to do here is identify the root cause of those emotions and address them in a more appropriate way. So on this positive end of the spectrum, instead of using food as a reward, we can find other ways to celebrate, right? When we're dealing with in, with negative emotions, we want to really identify what is causing this negative emotion. Is there um, a strife in a relationship? Am I overwhelmed at work? Am I stressed out about something? Am I lonely or bored? And really tackling the emotion, the cause of the emotion head on instead of using food to cover it up and kind of place that band-aid on it, okay? So really identify those root causes of your emotions, whether they're positive or negative emotions, and try to start breaking that habit of using food as a reward and using food to cope with those negative emotions. All right, number seven, eating in secret. So I would ask, are you ashamed of your food choices? Is your restriction leading to secret binges potentially? If you find yourself hiding your food and eating in secret, I really encourage you to start honoring your hunger and feel your fullness. This will allow you to eat what sounds and tastes good on a regular basis without over or under eating. Now, honoring your hunger, feeling your fullness, these can be kind of hard things to master, especially when we've trained ourselves to ignore our hunger and, again, kind of ignore our fullness as well. But I want you to really start leaning into that, okay? Again, ask yourself those questions. Try to figure out, why am I eating in secret? Am I ashamed of the food choices? Have I restricted all day and I'm kind of in this position where I'm secretly binging and I don't really want anyone to know about it or, you know, what is going on? Number eight, feeling out of control around certain foods. You know, this is often a clear indicator of restriction. When we restrict ourselves from certain foods or we avoid certain foods for a long amount of time, then when we are finally faced with that food or we're in front of it, we feel a little bit out of control. We feel like we can't really stop eating it. It feels like we just have no willpower. This is all because of this diet mentality, and I want you to ditch it completely. Rebel against all of the rules and limitations and restrictions that diets have forced upon you. Allow all foods into your life and know that any food can fit into a balanced diet. That is 100% true. There's no reason to completely restrict things. All foods fit, okay? I want you to remember that. Number nine, chewing gum instead of satisfying hunger with food. What's the motive here? Why aren't you listening to your body and feeding yourself when you're hungry? I want you to check in with yourself. Heal your relationship with your body. Understand that you are allowed to have food. You have undeniable permission to eat when you want to eat and eat what you want to eat, okay? You deserve food. You deserve food. Number 10, you save calories for a certain meal. We are knocking on Thanksgiving's door, and this is such a common practice. It's calorie counting. It's not eating breakfast or lunch until dinner gets here, and then you go to town on dinner, right? We've all probably been there. Calorie counting, honestly, is a life sentence. You do not deserve to limit yourself and your body 
to a specific number. Saving calories by not eating throughout the day is like abusing your body because you're depriving it of what it actually needs, okay? Your body needs consistent fuel throughout the day. It's not just a numbers game, okay? Hear me say that. Eating is not a numbers game. Your body does need that consistent fuel because it's got things to do, right? Your body is a busy person. It's got things to take care of. It's what allows you to breathe and think clearly and walk around and do all the things that you do on a daily basis. And you have to have energy from food to do those things well, okay? So don't deprive your body of that. Consistently fuel it throughout the day. Even if you're going to eat Thanksgiving at dinner time, that's okay. You still need breakfast. You still need lunch, okay? Number 11, you exercise to compensate for what you ate or will eat. Again, I feel like a broken record, but this is so important. You are deserving of food. Whether you exercise or not, you you deserve food, all right, no matter what. It is your body's lifeline. Literally, it is your body's lifeline. So we have to have it, okay? Um, you deserve food if you went on a long run. You deserve food if you hung out on the couch all day. You deserve food, all right? Exercise does not determine how much or what kind of food you get, all right? We exercise because it improves our overall health and it it aids in longevity and it helps prevent disease and it makes us feel good. It releases endorphins. That is why we exercise. We don't exercise so that we can eat, okay? Remember that. Number 12, you count calories either consciously or subconsciously. And I say that because... You start with counting calories consciously at some point, and then you just get to a point where you kind of know the calories and everything. So, you know, you don't have to sit there and calculate them, but you kind of have this running list in your head of, oh, that's this many calories, that's about this many calories, etc. Okay, calorie counting is a life sentence. Good food is a life source. Let's remember that. Calorie counting is a life sentence. Good food is a life source, and good food looks like a lot of different things. You want to add that variety. You don't want to limit yourself to calories. There's a lot of things about calories that you probably don't know, okay? Like, for instance, the FDA allows a 20% margin of error in the calories on the back of a uh, of whatever food product that you have on a nutrition label. So it may or may not be 100% accurate, Okay. Additionally, your body doesn't absorb all of the calories that you consume. It's important to remember that. And your caloric needs differ from day to day. It varies every single day. Eating's not a number game, you guys. It's not a numbers game. So don't count the calories to the point where you're just completely limiting yourself. Again, good food is a life source. Let's welcome it into our lives. Number 13, you are adamant that your diet be clean and perfect. I see this a lot. I have a lot of clients with this all or nothing mentality. Like I have to be all in and eat completely clean and eat a certain type of way, or it's just, I'm throwing it all out the window and nothing's happening. Okay. I'd really hate to break it to you, but there is no such thing as a perfect diet. There's just not. Whole 30 isn't a perfect diet. Keto isn't a perfect diet. Intermittent fasting isn't a perfect diet. There's no such thing. And by trying to achieve that, 
you do your body more harm than good, okay? This kind of behavior can be an indicator that you're trying to control this area of your life because there could potentially be issues in other areas, right? Maybe you're struggling with mental health. Maybe you're struggling with body image. And so you try so hard to control your diet, all right, it doesn't work like that. I want to challenge you to breathe and release control. Journal, meditate, pray, do whatever you need to do to put your mind at peace and understand that we're not after perfection. We want to fuel our bodies well. We want to get really great, high-quality food. We want to prioritize essential nutrients, but we also want to welcome balance, and we want to enjoy the things that we love without guilt. And again, 100%, all foods can fit into a balanced diet. I want you to really, really remember that. There is no such thing as good or bad food. They all fit, all right? So you can kind of see how all of these are really starting to tie together, and we're getting down to really the core issue here. Number 14, you binge certain foods. We want to make peace with food. We want to say goodbye to all the rules and the restrictions. We want to be able to feel our fullness. We want to be able to recognize when we're satisfied, okay? And when we start welcoming all foods into our lives, nothing is off limits, then we create balance. There, There's no more fear around certain foods, all right? We are in this really good, content, and comfortable place where we can honor our body's needs and we can honor our body's wants. As you start really uh, welcoming food back into your life, it can be kind of a weird thing. Uh, For instance, if for the longest time sweets were completely off limits, then you may feel out of control once sweets start coming back into your life, and it can be really frustrating. But here is what I want you to remember. It does get easier. Do you remember in episode two when I talked about my lightning bolt shirt? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen because it is one of my favorite analogies, okay? But that applies here too. Remember the lightning bolt shirt analogy. It gets easier. It becomes the norm, okay? So let's really start working to make peace with all foods, all the foods, okay? Number 15, our last one, you don't order at restaurants. So we can kind of tie this back to number three when we're trying to make our diet super clean and super perfect, okay? There is no such thing. And when you go out to a restaurant, get what you want to get. Get get what is going to nourish your body, okay, and enjoy it. All right, we have reached the end of our list. We have gone over 15 signs that could potentially indicate you may have a toxic or struggling relationship with food. If you find yourself resonating with any of these, if you're like, oh, I do that actually, or you know what, that does sound like me, but I'm not exactly sure how to move forward, know that there is freedom and it does get better, okay? I want you to reach out to me if you have any questions or you need advice or you want more guidance. Maybe you need more specific information about how to move forward, all right? I would love to talk to you about it. I would love to talk to you about it. Email me, DM me, or heck, schedule a free consultation, okay? Because truly, You deserve nothing less than a peaceful relationship with food and a peaceful relationship with your body. That is so important in this life. And especially as women, we deserve that. 
right? I mean, we absolutely deserve that kind of happiness. So know that I am here for you. I 100% am supporting you and I'm really excited for you as you navigate your own health journey. Again, I love hearing your stories. I love hearing about your successes. I love helping you when you're struggling. So please reach out. Please reach out just to share information, share stories, share wins, because I love celebrating with you and everything that you are doing, okay? I am so excited that you're here. I am so thankful for you, and I can't wait to catch up next time. Until then.